Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit, and Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guest today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is John Lim. John, welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So John Lim is the founder and CEO at Win Local, local business evangelist. As a passionate entrepreneur, educator, and innovator in mobile and technology, he's always striving to empower others. He believes that marketers and tech professionals should create for the human being and not just the, the, the device. Okay, okay. His theories on humanizing digital marketing has been featured in mobile marketing for dummies, leveraging your links, Forbes, and Business Insider. He has also been honored with several awards and have had the opportunity to travel on tour with Google. John, wow. Well, well accomplished. Okay. <laughs> makes me sound makes me sound really, really old when I think about all those things that you just mentioned. <clears throat> so so John, let's uh you know, let's dive right into into your childhood, right? Let's uh give us a two minute version of who is John Lim? You know, like who are you, man? Talk to two minutes. That's a very complex question for two minutes. <laughs> but I'll boil it down to how I got here today. I mean, essentially the first company I ever had uh, was with my grandmother who was an entrepreneur herself. And we started a paper route together when I was nine. So the paper route, like any other kid today, thinks about lemonade stands and so forth. But this paper route back then, we literally walked about three miles a day, did it before school, had a handle about 175 uh, apartments across mm -hmm. four buildings. So it was a real job. Not to mention we had to collect the money, we had to pay the daily news, we had to keep the the extra papers that they delivered. So therefore we don't get charged for them. Inventory control. Like there was a lot that went on, unlike your typical movie style paper out. But that taught me later on, I learned that that taught me everything that I needed to know to really be successful, right? Start early, work hard, uh, solve problems. People couldn't pay their, their bill at the end of the week because they got paid at the beginning of the week. So therefore their money was gone. So collect money on different days, try different innovative ways to, to get the job done quicker because you had to go to school. And all the things that I focus on today, I can actually bring back to that very early childhood starting point uh, that kind of taught me the foundation of, of how to handle a problem that you occur in an everyday business world, no matter how big the business gets. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. 
Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T.com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Well, you know, it's a uh, it's fascinating how our childhood experiences has such a profound influence on us as an adult, as adults, I would say. Uh, I'm also part of the paper route crew as well. You know, I deliver for the Staten Island Advents, but instead of doing it in the morning, I delivered the paper after school. But we, we, I had to do the Sunday deliveries early in the morning, though those big, hefty deliveries. So I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, like you. I mean, when you think of a paper route, you think of just delivering papers, but it's, it's, it's so much more than that. <laughs> so that that was my first, you know, foray into to being a local business owner and having my own and, and having to manage books and records and and money and cash and all those things and and things that you don't even think exist other than getting up. So having my grandmother as a part of that was a, a monumental experience that I'll never forget. You know, we grew up in a, in a very poor, poor situation. Like there was six of us <clears throat> in a two bedroom apartment. I have four brothers and sisters, including myself living in that apartment. I never felt poor, never, never experienced poverty. Right. I wouldn't even compare myself to poor in any mental capacity than other than financial which again, my parents blessed me with not letting me feel that. Mm. But when you get out there and you start working and you start making money and seeing how hard it is at that early age, you have a deep appreciation for what that means. I mean, today I'm blessed my kids have their own bedroom. Like that to me was success. If I was not here tomorrow, I'm already the richest man on the planet because I provided something that couldn't be provided for me. And that's where I felt just constant growth. Right. And being super grateful for all the aspects in which I have today or I can provide today to people that were not provided to me. And to me, that's what continues the motivation to take the early childhood memories that you mentioned and continue to drive them today uh, in a very meaningful way. Yes. So, John, you know, I, I firmly believe that exposure to um, adversity at an early age really helps to solidify our um, foundation as as men and women, right? As a business owner, as entrepreneurs. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, man? The only way you are an entrepreneur is if you can, you can handle adversity. There's a large percentage of businesses that go out of business per year. That, that varies on the industry that you're in. But most of those businesses go business because they handle the adversity. It's kind of business as one-sided. Yet as an entrepreneur, you have to think of the, the, I call it the triangle of three. You have yourself, okay? You have your family, and then you have your job. And all those things have to be in balance because they're all connected. You can't break those off and say, okay, great. The morning's with my family. I come into work. Now it's work mode. I left work. Now it's me mode. Now I'm at the family mode. No, like you are the one person that can all those. If you don't manage yourself correctly, and have your, your time for your health, wellness, and your mental wellness, as well as your physical, and your We're losing you, John. We're, we're losing you. Hello, John? I'm here. 
Yeah, okay. can you hear me? Yeah, you're we, we going in and out a bit. You, what what you what you were saying was very profound, but we, we lost some of that because of, of your reception. Um, do, do you mind repeating that one more time because that was yeah. so profound? A absolutely. I think as an entrepreneur, I very much live by this theory of three. I call it the triangle of three. Okay. So it's that you have to mind yourself, you have to mind your family, and you have to mind your job. And whatever those things actually mean in life, they're always connected. So early stage of life, it's me and I got my mom and my dad and then work is school. Um, those three things are connected. I can't disconnect them. I have mm. to try to find the balance in all three of those. And if I respect all three are connected and there needs to be a balance, then sometimes I have an isosceles triangle. Sometimes I have a really discombobulated triangle. And then you have to work really hard to get those in, in, in place. So I feel most businesses fail because they don't know how to handle adversity because adversity comes in many ways. Mm -hmm. If you open a business today, you might have business adversity. However, you might have family adversity. There might be a situation that you get into a car accident and you can't work for a week, personal adversity. If you think one of those is the reason that you failed, you're wrong. It's because you didn't recognize that all three are connected. And in planning to open a business, I got a plan on how I'm going to balance all three of them and handle adversity in all three areas mm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. So businesses tend to fail because they have they they fail to acknowledge those factors, correct? Whether it's self, whether it's the current situation, whether it's um, I guess uh, foreseeing what what, what would to come. I guess it's not being um, prepared. Would you say not being prepared to handle um, adversity? Um, would you say that that's, that's the, the main reason for, for the most part? Yeah. Not my first person. company, my first actual company uh, was a cell phone company in uh, selling, reselling AT&T cell phone service. Mm, this okay. is way before you had any, any stores that even existed for AT&T. We were all third party. Yeah. And uh, I got to reach the heights of the top five cell phone dealers in all of New York City. Mm. And I was 19, <clears throat> going on 20. I had all these big dreams and visions and, and I had my work planned out and I was, I was going to kill it in the work side. I was young and healthy on that side. And at the time, I, I even lived, I dropped out of college and I, I moved back home and lived with my parents. And I had all those things lined up. However, I only looked at one sector. I looked at the business sector. All I got to do is work hard, sell more, do this. And that case, when I faced adversity there, it was easy to handle because I had it planned out as far as I can go. Mm. However, I didn't think about what happens if I'm sick for a week or three days and I can't open the store. Okay, well, that that little personal thing has a trickle effect in the business that no Excel sheet is put together when you think about some sort of performer. We don't list a line item that says, hey, key employee, founder, solopreneur, right? First employee can't work for one week. What is that going to do to everything? We experienced this as all humans did in COVID when we talk about supply chain. Mm -hmm. You know, recognize that, that, that three weeks into the world shutting down, that that set us back three years of catching up. And it's only three weeks. Like, hey, we shut down three weeks. Let's kick it back up a little bit and move it. No, no. It's years in the making. That ripple effect is so wide. So I think you can't plan for all adversity, but you have to be able to understand that there's adversity in all three aspects of your pillars, of your triangle, if you will. Um, don't think they're separate. There's nothing to me that's business and personal. It's all personal. 
right? It, it's it's me. It's all me. So therefore, how can I separate business and personal? Um, that's why I feel that it's it's very important to find a balance between the three aspects that are, are always going to be in your life, regardless how old you are. The words yeah. just change, right? Work is school as opposed to work. Got it, got it. Because you know, regardless, you, you still you still moving. You still have to learn. You still have to um, get out of your comfort zone. So regardless of what situation you're in. So I mean, I hear a lot of people use the term work life balance. You know, what are your thoughts on that term? Myself personally, I have another term that I I have adopted. Um, but what are your thoughts on that work life balance term? When I was younger, I used to hate it. <laughs> I used to be like, listen, what's this work-life balance thing? Um, as I got older, though, you recognize that work-life balance is a term that is, to me, mandatory. Like, I want everyone in my organization to grow, grow personally and to grow in the business sector. Now, to define that should be 100% driven by the variables that your life consists of. So a work-life balance for a single individual working their way up the corporate ladder is a lot different than a work-life balance for an entrepreneur with three kids. Every variable you add in life, that's why the life aspect is so important, will help you create the equation of what your work-life balance should be. And that's why I think it's extremely important to always have you know, a work-life balance. However, don't fit it into a box that says, hey, from nine to five, I'm going to work. And then from five to nine, I'm going to balance that by doing something else. Or I'm working too many hours. You might be sleeping too many hours. You might be watching TV for too many hours. Too many hours is very subjective in certain categories. And we should always uniquely look at it. What's my work-life balance and not compare it to yours? Got it, got it. So just like how you mentioned in terms of don't put yourself in, in the box, right? So the reason why I mentioned that I, I kind of deviated from that uh that term is because now I realized work-life integration, right? Because balance is, is like I said, it's subjective, but it's, I don't really believe there's such thing as real balance, right? Because it's always something happening. So it's more like integration because you can, you can still work in the office and still live a healthy lifestyle. It's all about how you integrate certain activities into the things you're doing because it's, it's not just black or white, you know? It's a, uh, <laughs> it's literally integration. You have to make the the decision and make the choice to do certain things that will benefit you or benefit whatever circumstance or person you're working with, you know. So that, that's how that's how I look at life in, in that regard. This is why I think the word integration is is phenomenal. So when you open a business, you need to integrate yourself personally, your personal life. You need to integrate your family life, whatever that means to you, mm -hmm. into your business life because that's the only way that you're ever going to find the ability to, to, to be successful. And when you integrate those things, you recognize that they're going to change. Sometimes yes, your foot's going to be on the gas. Sometimes it's going to come off the gas. Sometimes you got to make a left turn. Sometimes you got to make a right turn. The ultimate key to, to handling adversity is to be flexible. Like I learned early on, whether it's body, business, mindset, conversations, you name it. But if you can't bend, you break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. This is why some people crash because they take so much oil without having that, uh, without being, um, without having that foundation, right? You know, without having that foundation, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're overwhelmed, then you, you end up becoming sick, and then you take, you have to take off for of work, you know, not on purpose, but you, you have to take off for of work because you can't function, you're not optimal. So I get it, I totally get it. So let's dive into 
your lifestyle, right? Because I, w- I want to know the lifestyle of John Lim. What does your typical <laughs> day and week look 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 like, man? Talk to me. So it's fascinating because I I don't know if there's typical. The only okay. typical about my day is that I wake up and I go to sleep. Uh, and the next morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is is list of things that I'm grateful for mm. uh, until my mindset gets into a point where there are no problems, right? I'm, I'm, I list as many things as I have to when I wake up in the morning that I'm grateful for until I actually say I'm grateful for having problems, mm. right? Because I am. I'm grateful to have problems. Um, we all have them. So if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be here. Therefore, I continue to stay grateful. But typically, there, there's there's not a typical day. I mean, because okay. right now I'm, I'm building a startup that's transitioning from startup mode to early, early growth stage mode, uh, the day changes. Like I'm in the middle of hiring individuals. Uh, so like this last month, between hiring individuals, uh, kids getting off of school, to enhancing the product, new releases, to having conversations with individuals like yourself, there's no set day. And I remember watching an interview with, with, with Jeff Bezos and he talked about his schedule. And when you see the context of the clip, it's like, hey, he never takes important meetings before 10. Uh, he never takes meetings that have a lot of thinking after 11. You know, it's his morning time to think and so forth. And they shut the video off there. And you're like, hey, listen, I, I could do that. That's how it should be. If you watch the whole video, the next sentence he says, he says, but that's different if you're a startup. Mm. That schedule doesn't work if you're a startup. You don't context. have a schedule, right? The context. He said, "We're Amazon's a company. And as a company, my executives should be spending their morning thinking about complex problems. In the afternoon, they should be doing tactical stuff. So they shouldn't read email until 10 o'clock in the morning. And that's what that context says. Where we live in a world today that everything, to not everything, we live in a world today that most things are taken out of context. So I don't have a typical day. Um, my typical goals that I have, I set each week to accomplish three things that are necessary that I say Sunday morning going into the week. These are three things that I must accomplish this week. And if I accomplish them on Monday, then I can add to it. If I don't accomplish them until Friday, I don't leave until they're finished. But those are set out every single week to help move the business forward. I do it for myself for the business. I do it for myself personally. Three things that I need to accomplish personally. And then three things I need to do for my family uh, to help them grow and, and have what they need in life uh, so they can be better. Got it. Got it. Nice. Nice. So now let's dive into Wing Local, right? Um, I know during our conversation, um, we had a, a great conversation when we spoke the first time. Um, and during our conversation, you share with me how you don't like the term small business right um because i I, as as i was you know as i was just diving into the conversation and i was talking about different things i mentioned small business like no i like that term small business so what about that term small business you dislike and also also is that is is part of the reason why you you name your company win locals because of that reason (laughs) talk to me let's dive into it it's a, it's a great question, uh, and it's one that I'm very passionate about. I think the terminology small business is, is probably the most insulting terminology that you can give to any solopreneur, entrepreneur, uh, any business owner, period. Um, 
I don't blame them for starting it. You had to classify us as something. But when you think about having a small business, you know, just the, just the words, you're a small business. But yet we are the largest uh, producers of economic growth inside this country. We sure. are the largest employers of humans inside of America. Okay. So that means we we also contribute to the largest amount of jobs. We have the largest risk compared to major corporations, right? We mortgage our house. We put our money up. We put our time up, time away from the family and so forth. The only thing not large about us is the amount of discounts we might get or leverage we have when talking to a bank or a credit card company. All right. We're very small in the things that we receive compared to larger corporations. So when you think about an insulting term like small business, it's we're not small. We have big dreams. We have big aspirations. Like I mentioned, we're a big contributor to the economy. We're the biggest contributor to the economy when it comes to jobs and employments. Right? But you need a place to classify us, which is why I feel local business is the right term. I mean, look, even think about small business Saturday, okay, or shop small. We do small business Saturday where Amex made an attempt to have one day that we shop small, not local, but shop small. That day is pinned between Black Friday, okay, where you're going to spend all of your money with all of the big boxes and, and corporations and so forth, all the big stuff. If you have any money left over, then Saturday, shop with the smaller people, aka local businesses. But by the way, since the advent of Amazon, maybe save your money because Cyber Monday is coming, <laughs> okay? So, so like it, it's so insulting that no one has even thought about one changing the date. Every day should be shopping local. Okay. Without a local business, there's no local community. Mm. Like if we just take that term really quick and, and dial it back down again, without a local business, there's no local community. If you get as granular as me and you being the first two cavemen, I have fire, you have food. You come to my establishment, my cave, to enjoy the fire. You bring food, and now we have commerce. That's two local businesses coming together to create a community. If there was no local business, then you would just stay in your house all day, and you wouldn't have to leave. You wouldn't have to have any community aspect of it. So the local business is not just vital to the economy. It's vital to the actual human behavior that we have all around the world. Yet, we just classify those people who do so much as small. Mm. Yeah. Now I, I, I totally understand your dislike for the term. <laughs> the term. So now let's dive into your company on um, local. So what is, how did you come up with the name and, and what type of service do you guys provide? So throughout my career, I've, I've, I've done many things. Uh, I've owned many, I've owned a slew of companies that have been successful. Some have sold off. Uh, some we failed and, 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 you know, we had to close up in the early days. I worked for large companies as clients serving local businesses and work for local businesses directly. It all is a culmination of what I've done for the last 20 years on my own. So when local, the name itself is to help these local businesses win in their market by providing them technology that gives them an equal playing field across all digital marketing. Our internal mantra is that we want to maximize your growth in your local business we want to minimize the amount of money you spend on marketing as well as minimizing the amount of time you take so we can give you back time to focus on your business. Because the only way you're going to grow your local business 
is for you to focus on the business. True. Yet we tell you to focus on your bookkeeping, focus on your tax records, focus on your inventory, focus on your employees, focus on opening, focus on all everything, but focusing on, Hey, how do I grow my business? By the way, what does growth mean to me? If I had a hundred clients, do I want 200 or do I want 110? Can those 10 clients significantly change my life? So none of these questions are typically asked or, or thought about when you think about a local business. We're not coming off MBAs and we're not coming off SWOT analysis and market analysis. No, we have a vision, a dream, a passion, and then we jump into it like crazy people. And when we do that, we need help. So if you look at the digital marketing sector, Google, Meta, they take all of the money and they have these beautiful market models. You don't pay unless someone sees it or you don't pay unless someone clicks it. So great. I don't mind paying if you see it. I don't want to pay if you don't see it. And, you know, I don't want to pay if you don't click on it. That's how they seduce you in. You put 500 bucks in, no big deal. You get a bunch of eyeballs, you get a bunch of clicks, but you have no idea who the people are, what's going on, how it's yeah. working. The reporting is super complicated. Those two platforms, which have virtually changed the world of marketing, which very much helped the local business, they are so complicated that every Fortune 500 company has its own external agency it pays to manage and to read all those reports and place all those ads for them. So just think about that. The service that they offer, phenomenal. How you execute that service is so complicated that Ford Motor Company, Kimberly Clark, Walmart, they all have external agencies they pay millions of dollars to, to help them manage that. Facebook and Google have dedicated teams that are getting paid millions of dollars to help those guys spend their money. The local business gets nothing but a login and password, Good luck. Read that. I thought that was totally unfair. So I set out to change that and build a platform that allowed you to work hard, maximize your dollar, minimize your spend, and increase the time you have to focus on your daily tasks to grow your business and not worry about the marketing efforts that you shouldn't have to worry about, but they should help you grow. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. So that's a... Uh... And that's that has been a problem in terms of working with these huge companies, and I'm I'm glad that you recognize that, you know. Um, so in terms of your 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 company, right, the the win the win local, um, you you service only local businesses at this moment, correct? So we service any local business professional. We service national companies that that have many local businesses. You know, a great example of that is one of our clients is Pillar to Post. Pillar to Post, the largest uh, home inspection franchise company in North America. So there's one corporation, but their franchisees are about 550 local businesses spread across uh, North America, US and Canada. So that particular company needed a way to take their national mindset, international mindset, if you will, and bring it down to a local level so that local business can execute it. So whether you're a local business and you're, you're a, a one-person one shop, a solopreneur, you're an entrepreneur and you have one shop and a bunch of employees, or you're a national regional company that helps serve many local businesses, all of that is people that we help to navigate that, that world while growing their business. 
Got it, got it. Okay, okay. So, are you currently working on any new projects at the moment um, that you, you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Yes. So, we have a whole new digital ad platform coming out in WinLocal. Okay. One of the projects that I've been pretty passionate about is the digital business card. So, we've had a digital business card inside our organization that we developed pre-iPhone. You know, so, it's archaic. Again, you remind me how old I am. How long I've been doing this? Still young, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how many how many years have been on those tires, right? Um, but the mobile business card, which now we call a share card, uh, has evolved. So we have this NFC technology, also QR code technology and text messaging technology, that allows you to engage one on one, like me and you right now. And share not only your business card, but any other information on that card that you want to share that represents what, what you're going into. Whether it's the podcast, whether it's all your social media, whether it's a particular offer, you know, all of that. Now, the secret sauce that we developed with that, okay, because I love technology, but I also love human humans' hard work. Like, I love the ability that we control our 1,440 minutes in the day, okay, but we want the power of the machine. So inside of our business card technology, anybody who interacts with you live, then you can automatically place an advertisement with them within 24 to 48 hours across Instagram and Facebook. Nice. Okay. So it's no data entry. It's leveraging human interaction. We're having the power of machine to machine technology like your pixel. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely needed right there, especially um, with all the people we interact with on a regular basis. All these folks could be potential clients, you know, so I, I definitely see how, how that could work well. Um, so if someone were to inquire about your services or just want to connect with you, where can they go to find you or learn more about WinLocal? So another great question and one of the, the passions behind the, the share card, uh, because, of course, I'm on many social media platforms and I had the website and you can email and so forth and all the different mediums that I have for me to name one was always insulting to me. Like for example, if I said you can find me at Twitter and you didn't have Twitter, then I excluded you. I don't want to exclude anybody because mm -hmm. I want to help every local business, every passionate kid who wants to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm always available for that side. So right now, if you were to take out your phone and text my name, John, J-O-H-N, to the phone number 88500, You'll then get a link to my share card, which from there, you got my mobile number. You can email me. You can go to the website. You can connect with me on any social media that I'm on, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All of that is the best way to get me personally. To see what the company is doing, and we're about to launch a brand new website in two weeks, you can go to winlocal.com. Awesome. Awesome. So, John, you know, I just like, I just like to... Thank you for coming on today's episode of the How May I Serve You podcast. I love your energy. I love your passion. And I also like to thank all of our listeners and viewers for letting us their ears and their eyeballs. And last but not least, my question for you is, how may I serve you? It's funny you say that because my answer to you is I'd like you to tell me how I might serve you and help you grow your podcast, your business, your the world that you're working in. So, yes, you may serve me by telling me how I can serve you. 
Oh, so, so he pretty much threw me to the boomerang, the, the, the reverse Uno card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now you're on the spot for some some adversity. Let's let's put it out there. How can Got I? You. Okay, so listen. Let's 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 continue this conversation um, because it's, I know there's a lot of synergy here. Um, I have a pretty solid network, and I love everything you're about. You know, I love your your work and your mission. So let's let's continue this conversation. That'll be a, a start right there. How's that sound? That sounds perfect, man. I look forward to it. I'm very honored to be a part of this, and uh, what you're doing is important. Um, it's not self-serving, which is why I joined this particular podcast today. Uh, and I think a lot more people need to need to think about exactly the title that you just put together if you wake up in the morning and say how may i serve you versus what can you do for me you'll get a lot more in life so it's a great job yes indeed appreciate you again this is your host thomas johnson if you enjoyed today's episode please feel free to share it with someone else that will benefit and make sure to tune in for next week's episode take care be blessed and cheers we're out (laughs) 